U.S. military officials tell CNN that they're concerned about Ukraine's focus in the war. They call Kyiv's efforts and attacks on Russia's infrastructure in Crimea a distraction from its counteroffensive to retake ground. CNN reporter Katie Bolillis is following that part of the story from Washington. Victor Amara, against the backdrop of this stalled counteroffensive, Ukraine in recent weeks has been ramping up its attacks on Crimea, this symbolically and strategically critical peninsula that has been occupied by Russia since 2014. Ukraine has launched missile attacks on key bridges connecting Crimea to the mainland as well as Russia, and it's hit logistics and command and control hubs with artillery fire. For Ukraine, the idea is to try to isolate Crimea and make it more difficult for Russia to sustain its military operations on the Ukrainian mainland. Of course, they see Crimea as a critical part of Ukrainian territory and these attacks as a key element of the counteroffensive strategy. For now, though, military and intelligence officials that we spoke to say it's too early to tell whether these attacks are having any real impact on Russia's ability to defend against the Ukrainian counteroffensive. But, Viktor Amara, what we are hearing is some real skepticism behind the scenes in some corners of U.S. government. For some military officials, these attacks on Crimea are a valuable race of resources, especially given that many U.S. analysts now believe that Ukraine overall is stretching itself too thin between multiple axes of attack. As one senior defense official put it to us, it's knocked the Russians off balance a bit, but it's not doing anything decisive, and it would probably be better for everyone for them to just focus on the counteroffensive. Now, at least for now, the United States is not actively advising Ukraine against striking Crimea, this official told us. But what is almost certainly true, according to the analyst we spoke to, is that the longer the counteroffensive drags on without any significant gains, the greater its chances of failure. Victor Amara. All right, Katie Bolillas, thank you very much. For more now, let's bring in retired General James Spider Marks. He is a CNN military analyst. Uh, good morning to you, uh, Major. So uh, let's talk about you know this this new reporting uh, from our Katie Bolillas uh, that American officials are concerned about the strategy in Ukraine uh, where they're focusing their, this emphasis on, on Crimea, and we're learning that um, you know of course some American officials are not happy about it. What are your thoughts on this strategically? Yeah, I think Katie Bowe's uh, reporting is spot on. It's a little bit critical to say that it might stall, that it might not be successful. That's that's a, a truthful assessment, or at least there's an element of truth within that, and there's some concern. The thing that the Ukrainians are doing right now is they are expending intellectual firepower and they're spending expending firepower on on objectives that are not directly attributing or at least contributing to the success of trying to isolate Russian forces. And then as a result of that isolation, you then must reduce those forces. When you go after targets in Crimea, they've also taken shots into Moscow a couple of weeks ago. Those are distractions. What needs to take place is all of those weapon systems, all of that planning, all of the direction that the Ukrainians need to take right now needs to be on one or two very specific objectives so that they can achieve some immediate tactical success and then exploit that success. When you start throwing firepower in the direction of Moscow and then deep into Crimea, you're not going to achieve that. So why is Ukraine's counteroffensive uh, so slow going so far? I mean, two months in, and there hasn't been any major breakthroughs at this point. I mean, what's the biggest concern? Well, look, the, the Russians are in a defensive posture. Attacks against defensive positions 
require a three to one advantage. I would suggest the Ukrainians probably don't have that three to one advantage in terms of the attack. And also the Russians have been digging in over the course of the previous five months before the offensive began, which means they have defense in depth. They have positions that support positions. They have fire that crosses each other, which means they've laid a, a ton of mines, makes it very, very slow going. This is an incredible tough task on the part of the Ukrainians. That's why, frankly, when you look at the strikes in Crimea, you get the sense that they are trying to throw some haymakers, you know, that wild left punch. That's not going to achieve success. What's going to achieve success is continued tactical penetration of those defensive belts so that you can isolate those forces. Once a unit is once a military unit is isolated, they're incredibly vulnerable. That's what Ukraine needs to try to achieve. And I would say one more thing, Amra, that what the Ukrainians are doing now looks not dissimilar to what the Russians did when they invaded in February. The Russians got way over over their skis, multiple axes of approach, and the Ukrainians very, very quickly were able to stop them and then to push the Russians back. I'd hate to say it, but it looks like the Ukrainians might have failed to learn that lesson. Wow. All right. Well, you know, what about... Ukrainian air power, because we're hearing from the Ukrainian Air Force commander that Ukrainian pilots, they've already begun training on F-16 fighter jets. Uh, the training, obviously, as you know, is intensive. Uh, we're hearing it'll take about six months. It's not clear how long the training, though, has been going on. How long will it take to get some F-16s in the air? And could this help in terms of changing the game? Well, it certainly can help. Yep, you bet. Uh, the challenge is, is you just don't fly an F-16. You've got to fight an F-16. So you've got to have time in the cockpit. And also, any aircraft that you are using must be in support of what your operational objectives are. So again, you fight in concert with all those other elements of power that you have. You've got to synchronize all of that. So aircraft by themselves will be, will be good. What you want to have is that overpowering advantage, that three-dimensional fight where you have long-range fires preceded by great intelligence, fires that are coming from the air, so that as you maneuver, you've got some support over your shoulder. That's what the Ukrainians need to achieve. The F-16 by itself won't do that. It's certainly a plus up. It's a phenomenal platform but it needs to be used in concert with all those other capabilities. I'm wondering what you think, uh, General, when you hear the Republican candidates, uh, well, in general, they're, they're definitely not on the same page. You know, you hear the likes of Chris Christie and Mike Pence, who they firmly support backing Ukraine, and then you have, you know, Trump and DeSantis and Ramaswamy who want less U.S. involvement to, to, to simplify some of their comments. The fact that there is this unpredictability, right, as we head into 2024, how does that play into Putin's and Ukraine's calculus? Yeah, great. That's a great question. I mean, I, I view this through the, the filter of a soldier, right? I'm not a politician. Don't pretend to be. Um, the, the key thing is, from Putin's perspective, from Xi's perspective, from other autocrats throughout the globe, they are now trying to figure out whether President Trump or President Biden was the one-off. In other words, who's going to win this thing going forward? So they're going to hold back to see what's going on. The key thing is you have to be able, Ukraine, the ball's in Ukraine's court. If they can achieve some success, success will beget success, irrespective of party, I would imagine.